Welcome to Classified Public, the podcast that gives you the full insight into the world of records and information management. Get ready to learn all about the complex world of data migration in today's episode. From the challenges that arise during the process to the benefits it can provide, we'll be covering everything you need to know. Today's episode will be hosted by the wonderful Alexandra McPhee, and Alex will be joined by data migration expert, May Robertson. So it's time to hand over to Alex and May, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so um, good, mo- good morning, May. How, how are you going today? I'm well, thanks, Alex. That's good. That's good. So today, I think um, we've been asked to discuss the topic of data migration. Um, So data migration isn't actually something that I know a whole lot about. So I'm hoping you might be able to um, shed some light, I guess, on what what you think data migration is and your experience in in data migration processes or within a project, which is sort of encompassed something like data migration. Um, And we can have a little bit of chat about, I guess, what it is. why it's important and and perhaps what um, what the challenges are, I guess, that are associated with undertaking a project which involves um, data migration or all records migration at that, which mm. sort of, I guess, um, is accompanied by data and, and that yeah. sort of thing. So um, I guess to start, for someone like me who hasn't sort of been involved in a project um, which has involved data migration or um, a migration of, of information between systems, what, what do you think... Um, data migration is and what does a a data migration project generally involve I guess at a high level Mm. Mm. yeah to be honest I would be surprised if you uh, have not involved in data migration you probably (laughs) have you're just not realizing that was uh, one of those types yeah so um, generally data migration is a process of moving data from one hardware or software configuration or environment to another but as a, as a records manager, I see um, when you apply data migration in the sense of business information migration or records migration is a process of uh, moving business information from one hardware or software mm-hmm. configuration, uh, one environment or storage medium to another with little or no alteration of structure and a definitely no alteration um, in content and context so that's how I see it and uh, increasingly nowadays um, data migration it kind of falls in with the scope of information governance uh, basically means requires the joint collaboration and a responsibility of uh, us records management professionals uh, working with various stakeholders within the organization that's that's how I see it. So in terms of what to, uh, data migration project generally involves, uh, I would roughly uh, break that into like four chunks. Uh, mm-hmm. First, the first and the most important one from my perspective being the uh, thorough pr- project planning. Um, that involves uh, requirement gathering, record sentencing and appraisal risk analysis, uh, well-articulate project scope, uh, 
and uh, you know uh, risk analysis if I've already if I haven't already mentioned because all these aspects of study will lead us to define a migration strategy and develop procedures to overcome the understood and, and anticipate risks and challenges. Um, and before you uh, actually kick off, you make sure you have a, enough project funding to uh, support the project and have, a, a, you know, the management support. Um, and I see this as very critical because a homework well done will pay the dividend in terms of uh, records, uh, you know, data migration project. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is this something, if you're involved, is this something um, that you would generally lead or I guess there'd be a lot of stakeholders involved in this sort of work, I guess the procurement of a new system and then you start mm -hmm. to, um, as you said, build your scope for what's being migrated, what might not be migrated and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. I imagine there's a, a lot of people getting their hands into these sorts of projects. Definitely. Um, yeah, with, with data migration, um, with a, when system decommission nowadays, you know, people are saying data is gold. It's true. Mm -hmm. Because at a point of uh, decommissioning, uh, a lot of people want data, and that's not surprising. But um, as, a, as a records management, we uh, need to understand what data we're dealing with, whether uh, they need to be retained in a form of records, whether they need to be retained, how long they need to be retained for, whether they're coming to your record keeping system or whether they are need to be migrated to the existing business system. There, there's a lot needs to be sorted out. Um, so, um, yeah, so during that process, uh, we need to apply some long-term thinking because often the data and information outlives the software or hardware platforms that host it. Um, you know, rough shelf life for business systems is about five or 10 years, probably not even 10 years, but no matter how cutting edge your upcoming new application or solution will be, often the valuable business information will uh, need to be retained longer than the application shelf life. So we need to uh, take lead in, in this kind of project. Um, it is our job to apply long-term thinking. We uh, need to consider the records value, risk propositions, retentions when we're considering procuring a, a new business system. If the uh, business system is long-term high value, then we make sure it is reflected in your information asset register, but also triggered to ask vendor a lot of questions about their capability and the willingness. Sometimes I often come across sometimes uh, the vendors are not willing to help you with data export or, or reporting at the beginning, at, at the uh, sorry, at the point of system decommissioning, but they're more willing to say, yes, we can do this, we can do that. So get mm -hmm. that done in your contract that it is their obligation and and also finding out what is the cost. Often they probably will charge you a fee for um, extracting data or doing uh, report the data in the manner that you want as authoritative, authoritative records. Um so, and then that is also when you're procuring a new system is also um, a point for you to think about, okay, how about the data in the current business system? 
how do we need to uh, manage them and then you know as I said before what we, we then need to help the business to migrate them over some goes to the um the institutional uh you know kind of uh, data analytic kind of pool or data warehouse but again they have different set of requirements to ours their focus is on making sure that that, that data gets with a particular view, they call particular angle, um, and they apply a lot of data stripping and data, data you know, transformation procedure to, to the, the data uh, because so they want to mash them against reset other data set in their data warehouse. Our objective is making sure that the data or business information migrate with context and full content. So we have a very different approach. So we need to be firm on our requirements. Yeah. It's really interesting. You mentioned um, you mentioned records retention and like the decommissioning of a system. I've had a few conversations where um, areas have been looking at procuring new business systems um, and are sort of exploring, I guess, the data migration aspects of that from the existing system. Um, mm. And I've raised the question of, of record retention and the functionality of those systems to actually destroy records. And they sort of are of the opinion, well, why can't we just keep everything forever? We'll just continue to migrate everything we've got from this existing system into this new system um, and just sort of retain it indefinitely, even though under our retention and disposal authorities, we can actually sort of destroy them earlier and there's no real business requirement to keep exactly. it. How yeah. do you sort of navigate those conversations? Because it's really difficult, I think, to explain, I guess, you know, we shouldn't really be um, over-retaining information mm. because I mean, certain agencies have very personal and sensitive information. You know, it's it's, it's that risk factor, I think. Exactly, um, yeah. Why we yeah. need to keep it. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I've sort of been a part of, I guess, is those initial conversations. So how did you sort of navigate those in terms of identifying what um, what should be migrated across and what perhaps could be archived or, um, you know, destroyed if it's, if it's um, met its minimum retention requirements? Yeah, so we basically, um, uh, we um, generally my... Bible is records retention schedule, of course. That's that starting point. And then, yeah. And then the business say, oh, we need this, we need that, and then test it why they need it. Um, and because uh yeah, so you need to test their requirements, and mm -hmm. then you need to then assess whether uh this will bring some implication, privacy implication. There's also uh when the records often when you migrate from one environment to the other, you lose the native protection or segregation of access. So that is all out of window. You, you need to make them aware that data is exported and there's no that you know we then need to if even if you need that data, you need to make sure you've got it good access regime to the data uh, and if they really need the, some of the data and anything to do with privacy or uh, access issue confidentiality whatever you can always apply uh, get the data specialist to to strip or um, there's a word for it uh, to to um, I can't I can't get that word out of my mouth. It's stripping data, so it's normal. It's kind of my name's been 
someone's name or their Oh, it's de-identified somewhere. Yeah, de-identified, yes. Yeah. There is a technical word to describe. I just can't get it out of my mouth to make sure those data either not coming through or they being uh, subject to some kind of process to transform mm -hmm. to other non-identifiable information, so to speak. Yeah, so um, you can also uh, sort of explain to them from the cost uh, perspective the more you keep the more you need to maintain and you may well um, you know not good for performance so you can come from that angle as well um, yeah so we um, yeah I don't know if that answered your question yeah mainly yeah, privacy security and really test their business needs yeah yeah, I think that's something that um, a lot of areas, they don't necessarily think about. I think um, records management and sort of data management, whilst people understand the value of information that we're creating and receiving, it um, I think procedurally is sort of an afterthought. They think, oh, we'll just create mm -hmm. the records, we'll put them in a system and we'll deal with it later down the track mm -hmm. as to how we're going to, um, you know, manage them according to the standards and, and start to destroy or, or migrate things across. So it's um it's really interesting, I think, having those conversations with different um, areas of your business um, mm -hmm. about data migration. So I guess what are the key sort of things you get? Um, so if someone comes to you and says, look, we're looking at procuring this new business system because it's got all this new functionality, great new features and that sort of thing. What are the things you sort of flag with them to um to think about before they sort of engage in the procurement of a new business system because I think data migration for a lot of people they think it's um, a bit of a copy paste exercise it's quite easy they're sort of not thinking about how the data fields will match up and what needs to go across and what mm -hmm. um, what could be destroyed or stored elsewhere and who needs access and all those sorts of um, considerations is is not often what the person sort of going out and sourcing this product is is thinking about they're just thinking about the, the end user who's going to be you know, using the system on a day-to-day -day basis and entering in those details rather than the back-end sort of compliance mechanisms um, to make sure the system's fully functional. So what, um, yeah, yeah, what do you sort of, I guess, what's your advice to those areas um, when um, they are setting out on a project um, that sort hmm. of involves a new system? Yeah. I get involved. I get involved. Um, so uh, close since yesterday, um, uh, someone um, I, I was in a meeting to uh, talk about a new system to manage ethic applications and approvals. Um, so my involvement, so they're in the process of you know, procuring the system. So basically I had a chat with the, um, the new vendor and get them to talk through with me their uh, system in terms of how they maintain data records in their system, version controls um, and order trials, um, all, all of those kind of stuff. So when that happened, I did to, like I assess on record keeping capability. So whether it can do some level of records management in a native system. So um, if they can, I'll leave them in, you know, in there. But I also look at it because the, the uh, you know, ethic business records needs to be retained for more than 20 some years. It's a long term. Mm -hmm. So we also look at uh, um, from, um, you know, risk mitigation point view, uh, how long, you know, we need to retain these for 20 or more years. And what if 
I'm not saying that company will. What if they belly up or they yeah. to, to go to other platform? So then I lead to my next question to him was that um, how, you know, how portable your data is. So if I were to say I want all the data in the database and documents, what are the ways you can get them exported and when the documents get exported what I can do to make sure those documents are just not thousands upon thousands document with all this digital kind of naming which makes no sense and what kind of relationship I can sort of establish based on you know whatever native structure or metadata I can sort of give the document meaningful uh, title or so you you know we talk a lot through that because I want to be prepared for us migrating in five or ten years or yeah. in fact, you know so this is all the, the the homework you need to do beforehand talk to them about that but same so token I ask sorry yeah sorry. there you go continue <laughs> So the same token I asked our own, uh, you know, manager in terms of uh, have they looked into what they're going to do with the current records from the current system. I, I made a very explicit request. I'm very um, interested and if, you know, it's equally important, if not more, to me, you know, how are we going to make sure those records need to be returned for the next, you know, eight or ten years because that, mm. you know, the retention's um, very long. Um, I also request for participating in the walkthrough of the, this new system. And I said to them, I said, I'll promise I'll keep quiet, not make, <laughs> make a nuisance of myself. I, but I really want to see the walkthrough of those sessions so I understand what records will be generated. And then I can ask the right question in terms of how we capture those records, whether those transactional records will be overwritten by future transactions. So all of this kind of knowledge of new system, not until you've seen how it works in action, it's very hard to judge. Have I yeah. answered your question, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. No, you've given me so much information. I'm just thinking it's it's sort of, you know, there's a lot of considerations in terms of um the procurement and the establishment of a new system, but also forecasting, I guess, that the end of life considerations as well. Mm. As you said, a lot of our records will outlive um, outlive the systems that they're currently stored in. So it's sort of thinking about how you're going to deal with them once that system is decommissioned or the next best thing is is found and, um, and procured. And I think um, these days, you know, technology is advancing so quickly. I mean, I currently work in an agency where we've got the same place management system that we've had for 30 years and we're only just um, upgrading that at the moment, which is a really big project because, there's, you know, it's been consistent for, um, you know, a couple of decades. So yeah. I don't think that's the way it's going to be in the future either. It's going to be sort of, a you know, these live systems where they're constantly, like Microsoft, I guess, they're constantly updated and um, they're evergreen, I guess. So it, it's a very different environment that we're working in. But to get... Um, I think your sort of textbook IT teams and, and project teams and that sort of thing to start thinking about this sort of stuff is really important because um, mm. I think for them, a lot of them come to, you know, with an issue and they've got a system that will solve their issues but aren't thinking about this bigger picture and it'll just be um, the records manager's problem in a few years' time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I often think, I think, oh, that's a future me problem <laughs> down the track. So it's um it's good, I think, to have these conversations and to know what you need to be 
flagging with um with different areas about what they need to consider from the outset so it's not sort of um a, a legacy issue we're managing down the track I guess so it yeah. sounds like you've got um you've had a bit of experience in this area so have you been a part of um some big projects and I guess could you tell us maybe what what has worked well and what hasn't worked well for you in um in some of those data migration projects mm. Yeah, so I I consider myself lucky in the sense that I have had some experience with many different types of data migration over the last 15 years. Um, so I I will sort of categorize them in different type of migration. So one is the storage yeah, medium migration. Um, example of this is a moving uh, uh, records management system from on-premise to the cloud moving network share uh, from on-premise to the uh, to the cloud environment. Um, so through this kind of project, we um, talk to the vendors because it's new, it's a leap of faith. So mm-hmm. it's new, we talk to the vendors, um, get them to talk through their, pro, their pros and cons and their positive and negative experience and talk to other organisations who have already done that and to get some uh, experience and insight. Um, the other, the database migration, which um, every, so we, we basically do this just every time when we upgrade our content manager, which is our record-keeping system, Trim, probably everyone knows Trim. So yeah, every, time we migrate, <laughs> every time we migrate Trim, it, in a way it's a, it's a database migration because we are, um, that is migrating the Trim database to a new platform with schema upgrade. So mm-hmm. uh, my experience being uh, doing test and test your, uh, you know, copy, copy migration um, database, you know, make sure you have a good backup, you rehearse your rollback plan and validate. So that is kind of, uh, we've done that many times. Um, The other one, which we do a couple of times a year involved in business application migration. So for example, our student administration system, our um, uh, HR uh, redeployment management system, recruitment management system. Uh, yeah, many. We do that a couple of times a year with various business systems. So generally our involvements are many folds. So we get to uh, do the appraisal of the business information and decide, determine what needs to be migrated and what can be destroyed. And if the things need to be migrated, in what manner we want them to be migrated. So that that is um, one aspect of our involvement. And the other is being uh, migration of digital documents as well to, to make mm-hmm. sure. Often, the, as I mentioned earlier, the documents of various systems, when they migrate, they don't have a good naming convention. And often, if you don't uh, do a bit of analysis, um, or don't have measures in place, they lose, they don't have, they, they have a very kind of uh, all the digits and numbers, that kind of naming convention. So you really need to make sure they uh, they get, you know, proper naming convention to be applied with the relevant metadata so they, um, they can be searched and retrieved and they come in with 
inheriting the schema. So it has got that kind of context structure information as well. So um, we also, as a part of the application migration, we also uh, always put forward a, a strategy in terms of capturing, uh, archiving the database of the source, the original, the, the, uh, the decommissioning business system. Um, so we've done that for our student administration system, which like 38 gigabyte in size, just archiving the, the tables of data itself. Wow. So yeah, so th this is kind of various kind of migration projects that uh, I have um, I have been involved in. I Have I answered your question in that area? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of your, sorry, uh, in terms of your uh, mentioned about challenges and and that we've faced, I one you know one thing I like to talk about is uh, the migration project that we've done to migrate the uh, so basically deal with records from a decommissioned PeopleSoft HR system. Mm -hmm. So back in. 2008, university changed its payroll system from PeopleSoft HR to another system and without consultation with records and archive staff members, that their decision was not to migrate the staff records of those who have already left the university to the new payroll system. So they have been continuing paying licenses to, to the decommissioned payroll system so they can be used for queries and reporting until up to 2013. Mm -hmm. But as you know, um, for, for um, sorry, I don't realize you're in a different jurisdiction, but in the New South Wales jurisdiction, the uh, records summarizing employment uh, or services must be retained as state archives, which means permanent. And the most of all other aspects of employment records must be retained for 75 years after date of birth of the staff member or minimum minimum of seven years after their employment ceases, whichever is longer. So um, the staff employing some, you know, records, a very set of very long-term records that need to be managed. But as a year goes by, the number of uh, PeopleSoft experts we have or have excellent knowledge about all payroll systems getting lower and lower. So we, you know, since 2013, we um, formally for a DBA to be allocated to us to help us the, um, to migrate employee payroll data in a manner that satisfies state records requirements and uh, and have, have them captured in the university's record-keeping system. So the challenge is that we, there are a couple of challenges that we, we come across. One is being the, um, our agenda, uh, our initiative, which is migration of these staff records, struggle to make the business priority. So uh, somehow it, uh, we've championed for eight years. Uh, it, uh, we couldn't make onto either ICT or HR's top priority, but we keep bidding every year. And <laughs> I'm keep campaign, you know, campaign the needs of dealing with these records as soon as possible before everyone, every expert disappears. Um, the second challenge is that our requirement for authentic 
accurate and reliable records to be generated. As I mentioned, you know, the experts getting less and less. We want this employee data to be uh, migrated into record keeping system as an authoritative records. So we need those database specialists to be able to render them, write a report. So all those data come to uh, be, you know, reported as a summary records of employment. We wanted their uh, role, their, their occupancies, their pay history, leave history, all of that into a summary record. And again, the, the third is a skilled DVA. I can't stress enough. It is so important to have skilled people to help you with migration because they, um, it, we we can put forward requirement, but you, you we need their skill to help us to give us those data in the context in in the kind of meaningful structure that they can help us with. I don't know if I have explained that in a in a yeah no that was great <laughs> and that, yeah that's so interesting that sounds like it would be a really um, challenging project and I can relate mm -hmm. in the fact that you're sort of you're trying to manage a legacy issue but. Um, funding often goes to these sort of new, exciting digital transformation projects and that sort of yeah. thing. So you're often um, sort of left out, I guess, when it comes to budget allocation. So it, it is an ongoing challenge. And that's something I've found um, across a few agencies that I've worked for now is that, yeah, you really have to sort of sell, I guess, it's, it's, it's a matter of selling, I guess, the benefits, but also the risks that you're trying to mitigate um, exactly. in managing these legacy issues, that's sort of, I guess, a, a bigger sell point because I think, um, you know, there's these new sexy, exciting systems and things which mm. a lot of people um, would like, love to throw money at and automate processes and things. But what's the point in doing that if we're not actually retaining the information that we already have, um, I guess, accordingly? And, yeah, and then we can't yeah. access it. So mm -hmm. I guess, look, this has been really interesting. But to wrap up, what are um, sort of three tips or pieces of advice that you could give to um, emerging practitioners in this area or people who are looking at getting more involved in, in data migration projects across their business? Okay. Um, so I would, uh, as I mentioned before, data is gold. Uh, at a, at, in the migration project, there will be um, a lot of needs and wants from all over the organisation. So my advice is respect others' needs whilst firm on your requirements. Yeah, so um, you, you'll often see data analytic kind of expert want the, you know, data to be stripped so they can... Uh, do analysis in their system and don't let that set of data be your own record set. You need to put forward. Our focus Our focus is to prevent the data migration, prevent any degradation or loss in authenticity, reliability, inter integrity and usability of the records. So that is our focus. Stand firm on that. Um, the data can be uh, dealt with or exported in many, many different uh, sets. So you need to have your set is satisfy your record keeping requirement and is the authoritative records going forward. So that is my um, first point. And the secondly, I, I think I treat each migration project as a opportunity to learn or unlearn of previous experience and relearn with uh, the new, pro, new new technology or new situation coming up uh, because uh, there's the technology evolves so quickly 
um, you're dealing with different beasts. Every single time you're dealing with uh, uh, records needs to be migrate from another technology. So treat that as your learning opportunity and really take time to study and uh, you know stipulate your requirements, making sure uh, have enough uh, you have a, a how can I say have a skilled person to help you. Um, you you need to make sure you put your you know specification forward and have the rightful skill have the people with the rightful skill to help you with the migration sorry <laughs> and uh yeah so that is my second tip and uh, uh the last one i would say often migration is perfect opportunity for us to promote record keeping um i'm always there to keep everyone honest that they need to give us the you know the plans, everything's documented because whether it's about uh, the decision, particular decision they need to take uh, in terms of which approach they need to do, anything about data quality, anything about data retention, disposal, anything. So all of those are, you need to basically keep a very good record and use that opportunity to promote record keeping. So that is my three tips. That's great. <laughs> The opportunity to promote record keeping we should take advantage of because um it's not always as i said previously it's not always at the forefront um of the of staff's mind and i think we have to be um give them benefit of the doubt in that you know they're there to do a job um and you know they need to have the systems and access to the information to be able to do it so we're just trying to support them in in yeah. making sure what they need is available for um their business uses at the at the right time as well mm -hmm. um, yeah so i think um yeah record keeping and and um you know the management of data and that sort of thing i think can often be overlooked but it's a very important um, part of any operating business and I think with without good record managers um, they'd be in a lot of trouble <laughs> to sort of find um, find what they need to actually make their business decisions so um, that's really interesting look May I think we might be out of time but thank you yeah. so much for your time today that that was really interesting um, and it's given me a lot to think about in some initiatives that I know are coming up within my agency in terms of um, new business systems and things so I have I think I've had a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> to keep up and, and get ahead of um, the sort of data migration game. So um, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about that. Yeah, thank you. And no thanks worries. for the opportunity as well. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this month's podcast episode. We hope you enjoyed and we look forward to having you with us next month for more industry news and discussions. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice and follow Rimper Global on social media. You'll find our social links in the show notes of this episode.